Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. A new analysis conducted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Medical Monitoring Project reviewed U.S. surveillance data of adults with HIV infection. With us today to discuss the analysis and its findings is Dr. Linda Beer, who is an epidemiologist in the Division of HIV AIDS Prevention at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Beer. Thank you for having me. So to start, can you give us an overview of your study and how it came about? Sure. We know that the U.S. spends more per capita on prescription drugs than any other high-income country, and out-of-pocket costs can really be a burden for a lot of people. Particularly for people with HIV, access and adherence to any retroviral medications are essential uh, to prevent morbidity and mortality. And adherence to ART also plays a major role in suppressing viral load, which in turn prevents transmission of HIV. So for us, you know, understanding the barriers to the use of and adherence to ART is really important if we're to achieve the national goals for HIV treatment and prevention. And so CDC works with um, health departments across the country to annually survey a population-based sample of people with HIV in the U.S. And we interview them. Um, We also abstract their medical records, and so this gives us really good, rich information about behaviors and clinical outcomes that we can use to guide local and national treatment and prevention efforts. And so these are the data that we used in the study that we're talking about, and what we did was estimate the prevalence of prescription drug cost-saving strategies, including non-adherence to prescription medications um, due to cost concerns. And we also examined factors associated with cost savings related non-adherence. What we found was that about 14% of people with HIV use prescription drug cost saving strategies. And 7% of people with HIV were non-adherent to their medications due to cost concerns. Importantly, we found that cost savings related non-adherence was associated with an unmet need for the Ryan White uh, AIDS Drug Assistance Program or ADAP. Um, It was also associated with not having Medicaid, having private insurance. And importantly, too, we found that cost savings related non-adherence was associated with lower HIV medical care engagement and also substantially lower HIV viral suppression. Great. Let's talk a little bit more about your findings. Specifically, you and your colleagues found that non-adherence to any prescribed medication due to costs was associated with a lack of recent and sustained HIV viral suppression. How might this finding impact clinical practice and how HIV might be managed in the future? It's clear that in order for medications to work, they have to be taken as prescribed. And we showed that non-adherence due to costs affects about 7% of people with HIV. And these people were also less likely to be virally suppressed. And clinical guidelines recommend assessing adherence to ART and other medications, but a lot of adherence interventions really focus on changing patient behaviors. So, you know, reminders and, you know, things like that, that really have to do with the person's behaviors and their psychology. And our study contributes that reducing non-adherence due to cost concerns might require increasing uh, use of programs that provide affordable access to ART and reducing medication costs, especially for privately insured people. Understanding the patient's social and financial situation, we think is really key to identify patients in need of support to maintain adherence to ART. 
So how might financial barriers to antiretroviral therapy be addressed? And whom or what organizations should address these barriers? Right. So, you know, we found that this type of non-adherence was associated with an unmet need for ADAP, also lack of Medicaid coverage and having private insurance. So the Ryan White HIV AIDS program is the safety net provider of essential medical care and medications for people with HIV who are un or underinsured. We also know that Medicaid expansion has reduced the number of people with HIV who are uninsured and has resulted in increased health coverage and improvements in viral suppression among people with HIV. Referrals to case managers and others who can help patients navigate programs that reduce the cost of medications for privately insured people, such as cost-sharing assistance programs and patient assistance programs, may also be really useful. Do you think that long-acting antiretroviral therapy may be a solution for these patients in the future? Yeah, I mean, long-acting therapy, I think, can be very promising. I think that this type of non-adherence is due to cost, so it would really depend on on what the cost was, particularly the cost to the patient um, and how it might be covered. I know that other research has looked into engagement and care and things like that. And so you would really have to, I think, make sure that long-acting therapy was just as affordable and just as convenient for the patient. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Moving on now to discuss other challenges. What challenges might arise when trying to overcome the barriers to affordable antiretroviral therapy? Yeah, so increasing access to affordable medications is is a national challenge. And so there are a lot of federal and local initiatives that have tried to tackle this issue. HHS has made this a priority. So, you know, there's things like the American Patients First Initiative and the Lower Health Care Costs Act, which are focused on developing strategies to overcome barriers to both affordable care and to lower drug costs. You know, for people with HIV, access to affordable medication, it's not important only for their health, but also for the greater public health, because people who are virally suppressed have virtually no risk of transmitting HIV to others. So increasing rates of viral suppression is one of the key pillars of the federal Ending the HIV Epidemic Initiative. So really ensuring that everybody who has HIV has access to art, that it's affordable, and that they aren't, you know, not taking their medications or skipping doses or delaying filling prescriptions because of costs is, is really important, I think, for the, for the greater public health and for ultimately ending HIV in, in the U.S. So what our study kind of supports is that really lowering barriers to ADAP for those who need it, increasing access to Medicaid, and also lowering prescription medication costs for the privately insured could really help with this. And I would just add, too, that, you know, all of these efforts require collaboration. Um, for example, HHS, in collaboration with pharmaceutical companies and the National Alliance of State and Territorial AIDS Directors and Community Partners, developed a common enrollment tool to facilitate patient applications for patient assistance programs. So that's just, you know, kind of one example of how partners working together can provide tools that can lower barriers to patients in accessing lower-cost medications. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So what else should our listeners know about your analysis today? 
Many people with HIV face challenges to taking their prescription medications. And for some, you know, it's really about costs. And the good news is, is that programs do exist which can help alleviate cost barriers. I think the key is to ensure that they're available to all who need them. One other thing that came to my mind is um, to get your opinion on the ending the HIV epidemic. Do you think the United States is on track to meet the ending the HIV epidemic goals by 2030? Yeah, I mean, I think the Ending the HIV Epidemic initiative is really exciting and it's a really great opportunity, you know, for us to really put to practice and enhance all of the really incredible advances that there have been in HIV uh, treatment and prevention and to collectively nationally work together, local partners and national partners and all the different agencies that are involved to really implement strategies in areas that are tailored to those areas. All of the the funded areas in our new initiative really have the opportunity to develop their own plans that suit the epidemic in their areas. And I think it's just, it's a very exciting time to be involved in HIV treatment and prevention because the new initiative really gives us the opportunity to, to, like I said, you know, use the tools that we know are out there that could really help. Great. Thank you again for speaking with me today and sharing your insights on this important subject. Thank you for having me.